All right, let's uh, let's talk now about Canada's role on the world stage and something we've talked about before on this show. And, you know, it, take a look at it, right? It's probably, um, well, it's a little anemic, right? It's certainly not a starring role. More of a, a walk-on part in a play, as uh, Pink Floyd once said. Uh, we've seen repeated examples of just where we rank in terms of influence when it comes to international matters. And you're going to have to likely go down a bit from the major players on the top of that list to get to where Canada ranks. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Now, some of those reasons are just, they're beyond our control. It is what it is. I mean, population alone, we're not a massive, massive country in that respect. Um, but there are reasons that are totally within our control. And our next guest says it's, it's well past time that we start charting a course, that we need to get serious about our international engagement strategy. Where do we want to go and how are we going to get there? Balkan Devlin is the director of the Transatlantic Program and a senior fellow at the McDonald laurie Institute. Uh, Balkan, thanks so much for being here. I always appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I, this is such an important conversation to have, I think. And, and you recently wrote a piece that started off talking about Justin Trudeau's famous declaration that, quote-unquote, Canada is back, which was following his election in 2015. And if you take a look back at it now, eight, nine years later, turns out that was pretty much just an empty slogan, uh, if you stack it all up, right? Yes. Um, we, we are definitely not back, and <laughs> no one else, but... Uh, but the government thinks that we are back. Um, so why do you think, if you take a look at it, because it's not, it's not strictly under Justin Trudeau. It certainly continued under Justin Trudeau. But I think you can go back farther than that and talk about our diminished role, um, maybe even for a few decades. When do you think it changed and why did it change? Um, I think there are a couple of reasons for it. The primary, um, I would say, uh, reason is a lack of focus on where we can uh, you know, focus our energies, resources, and identify the things that would actually matter um, in terms of uh, making a difference both internationally, but also um, making sure that those differences do have a meaningful contribution to uh, Canadians. Uh, the trouble is when you try to be everywhere all the time at the same time, uh, which means you're not anywhere and you're not really contributing anything. The willingness to uh, sit at a table because somebody you know set up a table. <laughs> right. Um, it is is not do, the way to go. When you once you when you want to do things in a concentrated, focused way, leveraging the things we have, then we can make a difference. I mean, the, you know, material health uh, initiatives under Harper, for example, uh, is a, is a great example of that uh, that really improved the lives uh, of many um, around the world. But that was a very you know well focused, well thought out you know metric based um, system to do. Um, just because you jump on every organization that is being set up or every table being set up uh, without necessarily bringing anything to the table, not only waste resources and energy that we, that is limited that we have, but also does not necessarily contribute to the um, to the goals and purposes of those organizations. Plus, leading to the uh, creation uh, of the disillusionment with with yeah. Canada because you just go there with. Uh, with words, but not resources, and therefore people go like, "All right, you just talk, but you're not you're not making a difference." So um, I think this this notion that we can do everything uh, all everywhere at the same time um, is is not commensurate with uh, the resources uh, we have and focusing them in, in in a meaningful way. So it's a matter of being more strategic, more focused. By the sounds of it, and like you say, let's not just exactly. sit down at every table that comes along. Let's let's start to think about how do we evaluate what is you know in our interest and where we need to be focused. What's the what should our priorities be? I think there are 
need a couple ways to to approach it. First, of course, you need to identify what what, what Canadian national interests are and how we can link international cooperation with those national interests. Uh, When you look at it, uh, we are very lucky geographically uh, in a a, a very safe place, you know, uh, three oceans in the United States. So our national interest, when it comes down to it, uh, boils down to a few things. One, of course, maintaining excellent relationships with the United States that is existential uh, for our, our prosperity and security. But the second is a well-functioning international system that is uh, advantages for, for Canada's strength, which is basically as a trading nation, we want a stable, open international system where we can actually invest and trade with others. So once you identify those two, two basic things, the rest is becomes a little bit of optional, right? How you can support uh, partners and allies mm-hmm. in maintaining an open, uh, free, and stable international system is a core, um, core, uh, core national interest for Canada. And where we can make a difference with the resources we have is the second step once you identify the national interest. And in a in a, in a recent um, testimony in the in the House of Commons, I highlighted the fact that our biggest uh, leverage and strength is our natural resources, our energy resources, our oil, our gas, our agricultural resources, our uranium deposits, our critical minerals that the world wants and needs. And that is a big, big leverage when it comes to providing a stable supply in in acceptable um, uh, terms, et cetera, et cetera to the partners and allies in the world. Uh, this also brings in the infrastructure development, our tech uh, sector, AI, etc. So we do have things that we can leverage, focusing, connecting the resources we have, connecting the leverages and the strengths we have to in what places we can um, engage with allies or partners abroad to maintain, uphold, and defend uh, a, a stable, open international system is is where we need to focus on. That re- that needs to have that needs to really link with well with our national interests, a clear-eyed understanding of what our national interest is, what our strengths, and where we can bring something to the table that will make a difference, rather than just um, you know saying words or, or engaging in virtue signaling of things that we cannot really change uh, much or contribute much. And, and it's more than just resources. It's more than just exports. We had it. We were having a conversation earlier about the federal government's budget planning, and we had a caller who said, "Why are we sending money to Haiti? Let's stop sending money to other countries." No, no, no. That that's part of it, right? If you if you want to be influential yeah, exactly. on the world stage, you can't say we're not going to spend money internationally. We're not going to be involved in international assistance and aid anymore. But again, yes. you need to be strategic with it, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, the the important thing is what what one needs to understand is it's a lot cheaper. Um, and a lot more effective when you deal with the core of the problems that might impact Canada in the future abroad now than when they start having an impact on, on Canadian national interest. It is like you know buying insurance, you know spending in you know, a ten million here, you know fifty million there, whatever, to be able to create a stable, um, you know. Uh, geographic and geopolitical environment where Canada has national interest is going to be a lot cheaper and a lot more beneficial for Canadian national interest than letting those problems fester and turn out to be a security and a prosperity threat to to Canada in the future. So we should not be short-sighted when when it comes to engaging in international aid. We need to be strategic, though. We need to be focusing on where we can make a difference, which regions of the world do require um, uh, Canada's, uh, you know, uh, 
contribution and where we can what source of resources we can use to make it it's not always money i mean that's also an important component to it it's not always sending money uh, to the government it's engaging with those civil society organizations it's involving uh, ngos here in canada the private sector yeah. private sector over those places etc so we need to think in a much more creative way than just writing checks to the governments in other places that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do that but it means that we should that that should be a part of a broader strategy that has clear metrics that that we can measure because after all, taxpayers is paying for this, um, that we can turn back and, and tell the Canadians that, look, this is what we did, and this is the outcome. This is how it serves Canadian national interest. Um, and as you said, uh, we're, we're talking about way, the way that successive governments have handled this, and by all indications, uh, you know, if the polls hold up, and granted it could be two years away, we don't know for sure, but if we have a Pierre Polyev government, we know um, he's going to have a challenge in terms of there are some isolationists uh, within the Conservative Party, some people who think we shouldn't be doing as much foreign aid. We need to rein that back in. So some of the things that, you know, like that caller was raising, how does he make that palatable or does he agree with them and not want to make that palatable? I think it is important to be able to talk to Canadians and explain them um, and, and, you know, sort of show them how this actually uh, is a way to advance Canada's national interests in the in the sense that I think a lot of it is uh, the the result of a lack of clear metrics and a way to show that when Canada engages in a meaningful way with you know properly resourced um, uh, you know uh, policies and, and, and projects uh, abroad, it can make a difference. That it will fundamentally. Uh, improve Canada's security and prosperity. But it is the government's job to make that particular link explicit and uh, as the bureaucracy to actually show the results of those projects and how they um, uh, they improve uh, Canada's, uh, Canada's prosperity and security and, and enhances it. So it will be up to the government to be able to make that link clear by showing the metrics, by, 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 by making this uh, clear that in this place, it works. In this place, we thought it would, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Now it is time to get up and, and leave that. So it, is, it has to be a part of it, too. You know, we cannot just go uh, with the convention, right? Um, we have to be intentional. We cannot be just, just because we have been doing for, for 20 years, we will continue to do so. We need to assess what policies work, whether they do serve the purposes that we thought they are serving. And if not, we either change them only or, or, or leave that particular particular table. But we also need, if, if we do this, the Canadian people, including they, they, those who are skeptical of um, uh, international uh, engagement, I think will recognize that uh, it is it is much better to uh, to get in, in front of the problems uh, before they get to our shores and before they get to have an immediate impact on. Uh, on our prosperity and security, rather than delaying, ignoring, and then paying a much yeah. bigger uh, price for it. But like you say, that that does take work, and you need to to get that messaging out. Um, Balkan, thank exactly. you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you being here.